Welcome to another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, we want to talk about something this time around on Making Money that maybe a lot of people have heard the term, but I don't think a lot of uh, neophyte investors know what, what is a preferred share and how do we invest in them? Well, preferred shares are an asset class that were really popular about a decade ago, but um, they've fallen on hard times. And as a result, not a lot of people are paying attention to them, but they do have their place in a portfolio. And so we want to expand upon what they are, how they work, and how to invest in them today. And to start, preferred shares are really income-producing securities issued by corporations that generally pay a dividend on a quarterly and sometimes even on a monthly basis. They're called preferred shares because they're preferred in rank above common shares. They come below preferred shares. But what happens if a company gets in trouble and they have to be liquidated, your assets are sold on a systematic basis. And depending on the pecking order that you're in line, bondholders like senior bondholders, they get paid out first, employees get paid out first, and then you work your way down the line. So different levels of bonds, then preferred get paid out next. And finally, the lowest on the pecking order is the common shares. So preferred shares are really bought for income. And typically they give you a little better level of security than the common shares. There are some exceptions, and we're going to get into this as we move through this presentation today. Okay, so there are different types of preferred shares. So let's maybe start there. Well, preferred shares come in many different colors and flavors. And the first one I want to talk about is uh, the most simple to understand, and that's called the perpetual or just straight preferred. And what that is, it's a share that's issued by a corporation, usually they come out at $25 a share. It pays a dividend, and the dividend rate is usually set on issue, and it will pay out that rate perpetually unless the company decides to buy them back. Now, you have no option in this transaction. You buy the shares, you hold them as long as you want to, and then you sell them on the market. The company has the option, but over the years, unless the dividend is really high, preferred shares, there's been very, very few that have been bought back over the last few years because rates are so low. So, you know, if you had a 10% preferred, rates went down to 3%, you'd probably buy it back and reissue another preferred at 3%. But a lot of that has already been done. So many of the preferred shares that came out when rates were really high they're gone. So typically in the, the perpetual or straight preferred market right now, you're looking at yields between about four and six percent. And if you're getting rates any higher than that, that's so let's say you're getting a rate of nine or 10 or 12 percent. You need to be cautious because the market is telling you is that the company has some kind of credit issue. Maybe it's being sued that could affect the quality or the company's ability to pay out its dividends. So if you're looking at higher dividends, be very, very careful. That's sort of the flag that's flying in the wind that should warn you that there could be some problems here. So is it safe to say then that they are a safer type of share? Would that be a broad generalization? 
generally, I think that is a very concise way of putting it, that they're a safer kind of share. And essentially, they've been focused on a target market of people that are really looking for income with less volatility. That's what that market is all about. So especially people who are retired, pension plans where they have income requirements every year, that really appeals. Um, that's the market that this really appeals to. So straight preferreds, then there are retractable preferreds. Retractable preferreds are, in fact, I looked it up this morning. I think there was only eight or nine of them left in Canada. They're a shrinking breed of preferred. And what retractable means is that you have the right to have the principal returned to you at a specific time and at a specific price. Typically, retractable preferred shares on a particular date in the future, like a GIC maturity date, you can get normally $25 a share back because most preferred shares are issued at $25 a share. But in the future, there'll be a date where you have the right to ask the company to give you your money back. So that's what a retractable preferred is. And that's the safest kind of preferred if you can find it because you've got a guaranteed date where they have to pay you back. But as you say, there aren't that many of them left. So it might be a bit of a hunt for you to track one down. Floating rate preferreds. I think people understand what floating rate mortgages are. Same sort of scenario for a floating preferred share? Exactly the same scenario. Floating rate preferreds, generally the dividend rate that they pay is set by a formula, typically every three months, and it's usually based on a number, half a percent or one percent or two percent above either the 90-day treasury bill rate or the rate that the banks lend to their prime customers. So there's, there's a number of different formulas that you can use, but essentially if one rate is going up, generally they all are going up. So if treasury bill rates are going up, mortgage rates are going up, bond rates are going up, and this will float up and down and is usually recalibrated every 90 days. So these preferreds used to be very, very safe, but we're seeing that this market has had exceptional volatility, and I'll talk about that a little bit more. But many of these preferred shares that used to come out at $25 and pretty much stay at $25, there's some that have stayed at $25, but there's some that have gone to $10 or $15. So you really, really have to be selective buying preferred shares because the volatility is a lot higher than it used to be. Okay, rate reset preferreds. This is really the new kid on the block court. Rate reset preferreds are preferred shares that are perpetual in nature. So the company has the option to buy them back in the future. You don't have the option to go to them on a specific date and get your principal back. So they can call them back or take them back at their leisure. But there's a formula that every five years, the rate on these preferred shares is set. And it's based on whatever the government of Canada five-year bond rate is, plus a percentage above that, 2%, 3%, 4%. I've even seen some of these preferreds that will pay you 5% above the five-year Government of Canada bond rate, and that rate is in force for the next five years or until the company calls these, these shares or takes these shares back. So a little bit of a premium there, obviously. Yeah. And then minimum rate reset preferreds. That's quite a mouthful. Now, these preferred shares have a minimum dividend rate they pay. 
And over the last few years, typically the minimum is four and a half, five, five and a half. I've even seen some capital powers got one that, that has a 6% minimum. So no matter what interest rates do, no matter how far down they go, that's the minimum. That's the floor. You can't get less than that. Now, if rates end up going really above 6%, that formula will start pushing rates higher. And you will get that rate at the time that the reset comes. So let's say that rates are 7 or 8%. Well, you'll get the five-year bond rate if it was 7%, plus let's say it had a 3% premium that it paid above that. So for the next five years, you get 10%. So rate these minimum rate reset preferreds, they give you a floor. So you can't, like right now, they're even talking about negative interest rates, if you can believe that. But this particular preferred is going to give you 6% or 5%, whatever the minimum rate reset is for the next five years. And then if rates go up, they'll reset at even a higher rate. So they're my preferred go-to share right now in this well, they category. sound like they got more headroom yeah you've me. got more yeah. headroom exactly and that's what you want you want to limit your downside and you want to give yourself the upside and this is the one class of preferred shares that does do that and there's one other type of preferred shares that's a split preferred share Def define please imagine that you have a company that pays a good dividend usually one of the utilities or one of the pipelines or one of the banks, you take that share and you put it essentially in a box. Then you break the income streams off this. The dividends, so let's say you buy $100 million worth of TransCanada pipe stock. You buy that stock and you put it in a box. It will pay dividends and there'll be capital gains. So out of this $100 million worth of stocks, you now issue $50 million worth of preferred shares. And you issue $50 million worth of common shares. The $50 million worth of preferred shares get most of the dividends that that $100 million worth of bank or utility stock pays. So that flows through to it. Most of the capital gains on $100 million worth of stock go through, flow through to your capital shares. The problem with these things is they can be redeemed. So if you have capital shares or preferred shares, if you tie the two together, you can redeem for cash. Now the problem with that is you can have your preferred shares pulled away from you if someone on the other side wants to take a whole bunch of these shares and get their capital back. So the redemption features make these things where often you'll end up seeing, if you had 100 shares, you'll end up seeing 12 of them taken away from you, and then a couple quarters later, eight of them taken away from you. So for most investors, it's a big pain in the neck owning these things because of the tax consequences of having to keep track of all these little uh, redemptions that go on. So um, I used to own a lot of these things, but I don't own them anymore. I just find they're a big pain in the neck. Okay, there you go. Another caution flag. All right. Well, you touched on something there. You, you mentioned the volatility in the marketplace, and you wanted to flesh that out a little bit. Uh, these are very uncertain times right now because of the pandemic, because of all the government spending, all the things that we've been talking about. But the volatility in the market, why, why are you so concerned? Well, in this particular case, 
preferred shares used to be pretty simple. They used to be mostly retractable preferreds way back in the 80s. So we are kind of dating both of us because we both owned retractable preferred shares, lots of them. And then the government came out with rules that took away the tax efficiency of retractable preferred shares. So there's only a few situations where uh, you, the tax advantages still qualify. So those essentially got swept under the rug. Then straight preferreds, perpetual preferreds, they had their day in the sun for the next 10 or 15 years. Then after the Great Recession in 2007 to 2009, these rate reset preferreds, these preferreds where the rate gets reset every five years, they were introduced and they came to dominate the markets. And so what happened is that after 2009, governments got very concerned because the economy basically fell apart. So they started taking down interest rates, quarter point by 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 quarter point. And now we're at a point where rates are zero, zero to half a point, and rates in Europe are negative. And the U.S. government, in the last time the Federal Reserve met, met the head of the Federal Reserve, the chairman, came out and talked about maybe even having negative interest rates. So if you have a rate reset preferred and you had negative interest rates, you can imagine how low your payout would be. So you've had rates dropping continually. And so with these rate reset preferreds, You've been getting, every time the reset comes along, you're getting a lower and lower and lower rate. And so what that's done is it's lowered your cash flow. So every time they get reset for five years, your cash flow in many cases has fallen by 50-60%. So investors have been dumping these things. And the average annual loss for the S&P TSX Preferred Share Index, that's the index of all the major preferred shares that trade in the marketplace is they've gone down on average by 6.4% per year for the last three years. And if and if I'd taken the time to calculate it over the last 10, you'd still be in a negative position. I mean, these things have not done very well. Now, there's exceptions to the rule, which we're going to talk about in our strategy session. But generally, you want to be very care- careful with these because preferred shares used to be looked upon as a safe haven. And nowadays, not so much. Okay, so let's let's get into the into the strategy then. What is the best way to go about this if you think this is something you'd like to do, as you say, to to identify a stream of cash flow, especially if you're in your retirement years? Well, let's just um, back up uh, one little bit here because there's one issue that's sort of a definition that I want to talk about before we get into the strategy part because it'll make it a little easier to understand. Typically, investors are attracted to bank preferred shares because of their quality. But in the last couple of years, governments have come out with a designation so that if banks are issuing preferred shares, they're now called NVCC preferreds. And this is non-viability contingent capital, which for most of us might as well be Greek. But what it means is if a bank gets in trouble, your preferred shares become common shares. So they lose the status of being second in line. 
Now, I don't think you have much to worry about if you're buying bank stocks that are the big five or the big six, because we've seen crisis after crisis after crisis. Where they come through it. And they've yeah. come through it. And, and you look at our big five, they rank in the top 20 as the safest banks in the world. But where you have to be careful is with the smaller capitalized banks. And we're seeing more banks form all the time. So if you're looking at their preferred shares, be careful because if they got into trouble, you'd be no better off than a common shareholder. So that's the cautionary flag that you want to pay attention to? All right. When you're buying, when you're buying bank preferreds, especially uh, the rate resets or the um, the straighter perpetual preferreds, they 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 can they've changed the ruling the last few years. So the new ones being issued, there's still some old ones that aren't NVCC, but the new ones you want to be careful, and they'll have that designation NVCC on them. That's why I'm saying it. It's Greek for. Uh, you could be converted to common shares if okay. things go bad. All right. So now what is the strategy? Do you do you buy, well, you mentioned you like the minimum rate preferred reset shares, that you like those best. Do you think that's the best bet to go this route? If you look at the universe of minimum rate reset preferred shares, Gordon, most of them were issued at $25 a share, and the majority of them are within 5% up or 5% down of that price. So they don't tend to move much. And they're the safest ones. So that if you're looking for extra income, I think the minimum rate reset preferred shares right now are the way to go. The problem is that there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of preferred shares out there. But rate uh, minimum rate reset preferreds, there might be 30 of them. So there's a small subset of rate reset preferred shares that have that floor rate. So the selection is not going to be as great as it is for other types of preferreds. So generally in the minimum rate reset preferreds, you've got a lot of utility stocks. You have a lot of pipelines. You have a considerable uh, number of asset management type companies like Brookfield has got uh, eight or 10 preferred shares in through its uh, subordinate companies that to trade. But so you're, you're as far as diversifying by different sectors, yeah. sectors or different companies, you've got a lot of, uh, it's a very narrow spectrum to choose from. Okay. You've got only buy reset preferreds when interest rates look like they will go up for a considerable period of time. So I would think right now would not be the time to buy them. <laughs> These are, this is not the time to buy rate reset preferred shares. Now, there's been a lot of talk among analysts that we're going to see higher interest rates. And that's simply due to the fact all the that spending. all the spending going on. And the last round, as we talked about in a previous show, all that spending went to the banks. And they basically stuffed it in their mattress. But now they're paying money directly to individuals who are going out and spending it. So the more money that governments create, the more spending you get, and generally, the higher the level of inflation goes. So we're probably going to see inflation, but it might not be for another year or two yet. So I think there's going to be a time to buy a rate reset preferreds, but you want to buy them when interest rates are starting to go up 
and you want to buy them when it looks like rates could be up for a considerable length of time. So if you're buying a re rate reset preferred share, what you want to do is you want to look at the next rate reset date. If it just had a rate reset date and you reset for the next five years at a really low rate, well, you don't want to buy it. But if you look at a preferred share that you rates are starting to go up and you're saying, well, I'll buy this because it's going to get reset next year and it's going to get locked in at a really nice high rate. That's the time to start looking at it. So rate reset preferred shares, there's a time in the cycle and that's when you expect rates to go up for a considerable period of time, but we are not there now. And as you pointed out early on in this discussion, preferred shares have seen a lot of volatility in the last little while. Yeah, and so preferred shares, because they've had a lot of volatility, and more than virtually anyone that I know of that covers that sector ever thought they would have. So you want to limit your exposure to the sector of either retractable preferred shares right now, or I would say the minimum rate reset preferred shares right now, and keep your exposure to that asset class at under at 15% or under. This is not the time to be going hog wild. All in, yeah. Uh, this is not the time when rates have bottomed out to be going all in. Okay, so one of the advantages of these, if, if you have preferred stocks, if you're in a tax situation, is, that, is this a good play in that regard? Since most preferred shares pay a dividend, they give an investor the best tax treatment if they're purchased in a taxable investment account. So strategy number four is buy these things where you get the tax bang for your buck. If you buy them in a tax-free savings account, if you buy them in an RSP, you don't get any tax savings off them. If you buy them in a personal account or even if you buy them in a corporate account, you get lots of tax bang for your buck, so to speak. And finally, we're going to talk about the straight preferred shares. And you only want to buy straight preferreds, perpetual preferreds, when they pay uh, or the current rate is steady because these guys pay a consistent rate. So if you think rates are going down, because these things pay a steady rate, that's a good time to buy them. If rates start going up, that's not a good time to hold these things because the value of them can go down. So buy straight preferred shares when you think that rates are going to be flat or rates are going to drop. So there you go. Investing in preferred shares, as we say, it, it's something that I think a lot of people may have heard the term. They don't understand the term. They have no knowledge of it. Maybe we've helped to clear the skies a little bit there for you. Again, a reminder, you can listen for Ron's Money Minute twice daily on CFCW Radio, and it's now also available direct to your inbox from Spotify and Apple iTunes. And uh, as we speak, I think we're in the process of uploading all of the podcast episodes to those platforms as well. So you'll be able to take advantage of that and, and listen to them at your leisure. That's the whole object here is trying to give everybody a little bit of financial background and uh, the neophyte investor, sometimes the sophisticated investor as well. Ron Hebert is the financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead. Remember, you can find us as well at letsmakemoney.ca. The information is there. If you have a question or a show suggestion, drop it to us and we'll be happy to respond. Thanks for listening. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional.
The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.